selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Learning about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl Amy here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? I almost didn't recognize you because you don't have any Selling from the Heart garb on but that's it's okay i still love you super hey, excited to be here you know as my good friend brian likes to say <laughs> sometimes you got to dress up and play business larry so, uh, so we're here uh, to do some business we've got a great <laughs> show today welcome back if you're new to the selling to the heart community you've joined a growing community a movement of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine being authentic adding real value we call it selling from the heart larry we've got a phenomenal guest in the house today it's going to be a great discussion Long overdue. Cannot wait to dive into our conversation with Colleen Stanley. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, if you're new to Selling from the Heart, we want to let you know about something really, really special. And that's the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group. Today's episode is brought to you by the Insiders Group. And this is a group of like-hearted sales professionals, Larry, that gather on a weekly basis every Friday over lunch. Uh, and it is an incredible thing that has started during the pandemic, but has continued and continues to build momentum and grow. It, it's been super excited to see this community grow. And the first thing I think about when it comes to the Selling from the Heart Insiders group, and, and I'm just going to just real quick, he's got to bear with me, everyone. But I've been going deep into Napoleon Hill books. And one of the laws of success in the Napoleon Hill book, The Law of Success, is masterminding. That's right. And those are some of the favorite things that we love doing inside the Selling from the Heart Insiders group, besides the up close and personals. So a couple times a month, we come together and we mastermind issues, challenges, and together in a safe environment, we help you become better. Well, and how many of you know there are no shortage of issues right now? <laughs> the understatement of the year. So if that sounds awesome to you, if you would like to mastermind with other like-hearted sales professionals and get up close and personal with some of the most uh, incredible thought leaders in the area of sales and leadership in the world, join us, sellingfromtheheart.net slash free dash pass. That's sellingfromtheheart.net slash free dash pass and get your free pa pass to our next up close and personal. Well, that's a mouthful, Daryl. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> it is good. But you know, uh, to pull all of that off, what we really need is some emotional intelligence. And we have got emotional intelligence in the house today. We've got a phenomenal guest, author of Emotional Intelligence for Sales Success. Let's welcome to the studio our friend Colleen Stanley. What's going on? How are you? <laughs> hey, today? Colleen. It's wonderful to be with both of you. And I love this community you're doing on Friday. Wonderful. Good it's oh. phenomenal. You have to come hang out with us. And it is so cool to see. Um, this movement of heart-centered, emotionally mm -hmm. intelligent, I might even say, sales professionals stepping up and saying, hey, you know, we, we're going to work together and figure this out. I'm excited about our conversation today. Colleen, you know the question, however, that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean <laughs> to you to sell from the heart? 
So a couple of answers here. There was the first one that came to my mind was, do you remember the movie Rudy? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And so, you know, you think about athletics or, and it's usually coined around athletics. And I know people get tired of athletic examples, but you know, they talk. Not around here. Not around here. No, no. Bring it on. Bring it on. (laughs) You you, you look at that movie, they would describe Rudy as a person that has heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's one element I see of selling from the heart is, and I know both of you have worked with individuals that you know, maybe they start in the sales profession and they don't have some, maybe the natural abilities, or they've got a long way to, to go to learn both the soft skills and the hard skills. But I've seen people with heart be the ones that always end up succeeding. You know, they're raising their hand and asking for coaching. Now, the second part was also when you take a look at how people frame up the word heart, she's got a great heart. He's got a great heart. And, you know, I think that embraces what you're doing with your community. These are generally generous people. They don't Mm -hmm. suffer from lack of abundance. Uh, They don't have the scarcity principle. So they're very generous, not only with their customers, uh, but also with their peers and colleagues. So I would say both of those uh, answers sum up my definition of what's selling from the heart like. Oh, I, I love this stuff. And I just want to peel this back before we just really dive into the to the meat of why we're here today is I want to go back to heart just for a second, because we can bring this out in our personal lives. And this is and this is the button that I just I have to press for a second is because I'd love your opinion on it, Colleen, is so often we can get to the heart of what matters and we have no problems doing this in our personal lives with our deep relationships, whether that be with a significant other, those close to us. Where's the boundary occur through your eyes, Colleen, when we look at this through the lens of somebody in a, in a profession, whether that be sales leaders or sales professionals, where do you think that disconnect occurs? I'm just curious. One of the things I've seen as far as the disconnect is sales professionals get a little bit too attached to the outcome of any meeting, right? So we go in and we're taught, get the sale, get the next step. And when when your energy has been directed to, you know, being attached to the outcome, what happens, and I think it happens without people knowing it, you become very self-focused versus other focused. So one of the major principles we teach is lose the attachment to the outcome of the call. Now get very attached to seeking the truth. And so if you will follow a process or methodology, I'm all about that. But if you go in with the intent of let's seek the truth here, am I a good fit? Is my prospect actually committed to solving the problem? And frankly, is it a big enough problem to even solve? Sometimes it's not. So that's where I've often seen that disconnect is that attachment. Lose the attachment and seek the truth. Oh, I love it. It reminds me of our good friend, Scott Schilling, who says, <laughs> yeah, right, high, low attachment, right? In, 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 high in, intention. High just, intention, low high attachment. High intention, low attachment. And it's that heart to help. You know, we've been uh, talking over the years a lot about emotional intelligence with guests on the Selling from the Heart podcast. And by the way, a shout out if anyone in the room does not have this book yet, Emotional Intelligence for Sales Success. (laughs) Or if you're a leader, apply to leadership. You need to go grab both of these right now. Hit pause and, and grab this because I think right now, you know, we like to say that soft skills yield hard dollars. Um, and even using that term soft skills in the sales profession, just all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I don't <laughs> know about that. But the reality is there's a massive return on investing in skills like em- emotional intelligence, both as reps and leaders. And I'm curious, as you wrote these books, I know you did some research on this. What are, what are some things you found out about the return 
on investing your time and budget um, in soft skills? Well, what the research shows, and I think what we did a but what my goal really was to is to make this practical because sometimes emotional intelligence has been in this very theoretical world or it's or it's simply been in a world outside of sales so mm-hmm. let me give you two quick examples to maybe link the dots here how the soft skills actually help with the execution of hard selling skills, which produce hard sales results. Mm -hmm. So if you take a look at negotiation, right? So we all go to the national sales meeting. We hear the speaker sell value, not price, right? And uh, I always make a joke that we go to the Tony Robbins, unleash the power seminar, (laughs) walk on the coals and saying, I am worth it. And then when you get in front of that, good negotiator and good negotiators negotiate. They love to negotiate, right? And they start doing the, the, you know, just lobbying the typical, is this the best you can do? You know, there's others looking to earn our business. Well, from the physiology, this is where emotions can start running the sales conversation and your brain, you know, the reptilian brain just lights up and takes over any of the consultative selling skills. So right there, you Mm. will see a salesperson that knows they have a better value, they offer a better value, but they end up discounting. And they discount not due to lack of the hard skills. They went to the negotiation workshop, they got the inspiration from the manager. It is because they don't have the self-management skill, emotion management skills. So that's one area. Mm. Um, I would say another area is a concept around self-regard. Now, self-regard in the EQ world is that ability to admit your strengths and weaknesses. So that's wonderful, right? However, when you take a look at it, this can be a very situational skill. So people that maybe haven't fully developed this skill are also not very coachable. So a sales manager sits down to give well-intended feedback and the person starts getting defensive, lobbing excuses. And at that point, the manager goes, I don't have enough time for this coaching call. <laughs> and the coaching call quick. And so the salesperson leads a comfortable life, but they don't mm-hmm. lead a life of growth because mm-hmm. we all know we're supposed to be engaging in those coaching conversations. But as human beings, you're like, oh my gosh, Daryl, <laughs> Daryl, Daryl, I can never get through a coaching conversation with Daryl in 30 minutes. And so they start going away or they start making them a little lighter. So those are a couple of ways. You know, one is more of the soft, but definitely negotiation skills. That one you can put some hard dollars to. Mm-hmm. Oh, th- this this is so good. And and as I was listening to what you're saying, Colleen, the first thing that popped into my head is confidence or self confidence. Mm-hmm. Yes. And where does where does this tie in with that rep who who goes right? I've been practicing these negotiation skills. I've been working on it, but then they get into that real world situation. I'm a big believer. Confidence plays a part in this somewhere doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And so, you know, I think confidence is creating a culture that truly embraces failure. Now, here's the joke I make. We've all heard the cute phrase, you learn more from your failures than your successes. And everybody goes, you know, head up and down. We do not believe it. Because if you walk into a corporate office, you see success walls. But do you see any failure walls? Right. You go into somebody's home. Now, come over here. Here's where Johnny wrecked the car, but he's become such a good driver because now he pays attention. Right? <laughs> so, so I'm going somewhere with this story. OK, I, I, I'll start the question. And so when you can take a look, embracing a culture that gets fierce about the lesson learned from failure, that's where true self-esteem comes from. That's where true self-confidence comes from, mm-hmm. because, you know, you're going to come back to do better the next time. So if you can really help people separate what they do for a living from who they are, you know, the whole do who, 
then they don't take failure so personally. Then they will take more risk. They'll call in the C-suite. So what if they look stupid? They get stumped. They come back. They get some coaching. You know what? The next call, I'm going to do better. So I find this adversity, learning to fail, get the lesson, getting fierce about it, separating your do from your who, that's what ultimately creates that true uh, confidence to go go out and take those risks, fail, learn, try again. That's so good. Yeah, it's just reminding me of, I just started diving in actually last night um, to a big thick book that's been sitting on my stack, Anti-Fragile. And Anti-Fragile, who say anti or anti, I got my Canadian coming out here. Eh? <laughs> it's all good. Uh, either, either way, we uh, got the point. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the point of it is there's, you know, there's fragile organizations, Anti-Fragile, and, and the Anti-Fragile ones are the ones that learn how to fail quickly, yeah. uh, where failure is you know, almost celebrated, whereas the opposite, which is most sales bullpens where failure is not at all allowed. Um, I can see, you know, I was, I was reading that last night and I see the parallels here between uh, a sales team, a sales culture and a sales individual who is willing to embrace failure and learn from it rather than one that's just got, you know, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> just yeah. help, just bring me the good news. I don't want to hear any bad news. Uh, failure well, is the most fertile learning ground on the planet. It is. And, you know, a great coaching question after, you know, in a conversation simply should be, what's the lesson learned? Yeah. What's the lesson learned? So that should be the first thing. Like if you take a face plant and I was working with a group of young sellers, um, <laughs> it was uh, two weeks ago. And, you know, they're, uh, you know, I wish I had the energy I had in my twenties. I'm still pretty energetic, but <laughs> I would not want to be 20 and selling again. Okay. Cause I just know so much after how many yeah. face plants I've taken. And I encourage this group. I said, you're going to take a face plant. You're going to get mud up your nose. You're not going to look good. Go get some coaching and figure out what you should have done or said or done or how you could have preempted it, but right. get out there and do it again. And so I know, and Larry, and I think you and I talked about this um, in an earlier conversation Getting started in this business, and Daryl, I think you can agree, not the easiest business to no. get started in, right? No. We're we're in a nice-to-have business, so we're not on the profit and loss statement a lot of times. We're selling to some of the best people in the world, VPs of sales, CEOs. And so early, my first year in this business, I am struggling. And here I'd been a former VP of sales, you know, and I'm sitting here going, why am I not getting more sales? So a good mentor Notice my stress. And when you're stressed, you don't bring your best self to work, right? Mm -hmm. He said, it's going to change your goal. Here's your goal. Get to 100 no's as fast as you can. And I, I thought, well, I can do that. I'm, I'm, well, I'm really good at this. <laughs> what he was doing was a reframing, you know, in the yeah. world of psychology. He said, by the time you get to 100 no's, you will have heard every excuse Every objection, you'll know when you're going to get stuck. And after you get the no, get the coaching. So I'm not the quickest person on the block. However, I am a great student. And so I encourage people, you get a no, you fail, find somebody that's got the answer and get the coaching. Oh, this is, this is so good. And, and, you know, oftentimes on podcasts, the, the question always will come up, Daryl and Colleen, it always come up like this. You know, if you can go back to your younger self, then fill in like, what do you, what would you have done differently? And I go back to the same thing all the time. I wish my first year, I wish my first couple years, I would have understood the power of coaching and mentoring. Yeah. Really. And I think it's so mission critical today more than ever. Well, I think that's what's so great about the fact that you've been reading and now you're building 
the mastermind for two reasons. And what's Oh, and I wish I had been more prepared. There's a famous mastermind group that had the Rockefeller, Ford. Who is that? The Andrew, and I think even Andrew Carnegie was in this. And, and here's, huh. man, this is so cool because mm -hmm. I'm deep into uh, mental dynamite right now. And it's a conversation between Andrew Carnegie and Napoleon Hill. Yeah. And they were all, I mean, Napoleon Hill interviewed 20 of the most successful people. And that's really the crux of his books and his teaching. But it goes back to whether that be Ford, whether that be Rockefeller, whether that be Carnegie, they were all involved in masterminds. Yes, yes. And these were brilliant people in business. And so I think that takes two things, having that awareness, but also having the humility, um, you know, that I yeah. don't need to be the smartest person in the room. In fact, they'll tell you, make sure you're surrounding yourself. And we've all heard that, right? And yet how many of us are doing it for fear? And I know you both talk a lot about this, you know, uh, well, I don't really want to have somebody know that I'm not quite as good at that. So that's not bringing your, your full self there. I think the popular term today is vulnerability yeah, and authenticity. So, and masterminding, I think one more thing from the emotional intelligence world and the world of psychology, when you study why people are feeling so isolated today, lack of relationships, number one rule, I guess, that, that or principle for happiness is your relationships in life. So mm -hmm. the fact that you are both creating this, besides the fact that they're going to get great business results from this, they're just going to be happier human beings. Put a dollar sign to that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's, you know, but this is, this is why we talk so much at, at Selling from the Heart about uh, success being, yes, hit the sales number, but it's also satisfaction, right? It's financial results plus fulfillment in all of this. And, you know, I think you could say from an emotional standpoint, if you're not driving towards fulfillment, the all the finances in the world aren't going to fill the need for that. And you're going to be miserable. So um, yeah, all of that is so powerful. I'm curious for sales professionals listening in that are saying, um, I want to grow in emotional intelligence, other than buying the book, emotional intelligence for sales success. <laughs> Thank you. Like right here, it's beautiful. You could grab grab the link. And I love that the color. Out. I love the covers. Uh, it's a red beautiful choice. red. Yes, very nice. Very. Uh, we we approve the color. But other other than um, grabbing the book, I mean, when when it comes to that awakening moment of going, oh, you know what? I think I think I may have some area area to grow here, and we all do. Um, how how would you be? How would you recommend beginning this journey towards becoming more emotionally intelligent? You know, the number one EQ skill, and I would say it's the mega skill, is emotional self-awareness because that which you're not aware of, you cannot change, and that which you're not aware of, you're bound to repeat. And so when you see yourself in life or business repeating the same mistakes, having the same challenges, part of that is we simply are not slowing down long enough to think, reflect, and introspect. Now, Part of the reason is we've got this wonderful thing called technology, right? And technology is great. However, I think Simon Sinek said it best in one of his talks. He said, it's almost like we've uh, got a car and we've given a 16-year-old the keys to the car, but we did not give them the instructions to drive. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we are not being as self-aware because we're constantly distracted. And it's only when we take the time to think and reflect 
that we can really determine a blind spot, where we're getting triggered, where we're getting derailed. And I would also say in the downtime, that is when you start developing the other powerful influence skill, and that is empathy. Because, you know, the popular definition is knowing what somebody else is thinking or feeling. Well, let's back that up. If you never take the time to think, how can you possibly know and care about what another person's thinking or feeling? So we all talk about we want to be more empathetic people, more emotionally uh, intelligent people. It's slowing down and thinking. Because if you're not tuned in, really difficult to be tuned out to what's happening in the conversations. Oh, I love this. And especially about tuning in. And I just, I have to go down this angle just for a moment because to truly understand and be empathetic and really focus in, there's a couple things that need to happen, which is so tough today in, in today's world that's so technology driven. Mm -hmm. We have to learn how to connect and we have to learn how to be present in these conversations. Because I truly believe if you're not present in these conversations, it's hard to truly be empathetic because you really got to key in and listen. And it's hard to listen when you're, when you're having a conversation, but your mind's going in many different directions, or you're on a virtual conversation and your phone's in front of you and you got seven screens open. It's hard <laughs> to be present. You can't truly be empathetic. Try this. You can't be empathetic. I'm just going to come out and say it. No, it's good. I'm, and I'm glad you, you we're can't. talking about it. And, and so it's interesting when you study the skill of empathy, powerful skill, because there's always two conversations going on in every uh, meeting, right? The verbal and the nonverbal. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not perfectly present, I may not spot that change in tonality, a shift in body language, uh, an exchange, you know, across the room. But here's where we've got to uh, back up. So empathy is a paying attention skill. And in order to pay attention, you have to teach yourself to focus. So here's where we're having a problem with empathy. You can talk about it, have the great definitions, but if you don't teach yourself to focus, which means at some point, you've got to be a person that is has trained yourself to do the deep work, then I can pay attention and then I can be perfectly present for 45 minutes to an hour. That's why people have trouble listening. They actually never teach themselves to focus, pay attention, uh, remove the distractions. So it's it's kind of two skills before you can actually be empathetic and perfectly present. I, it's, this is so good. And I think it's difficult. It's really difficult in the world that, that we're living in today. And and maybe this is just, you know, Daryl, I know you're an Xer and Colleen and I are boomers, but I think, you know, growing up in a world where we didn't have a lot of technology devices at our disposal, it was just the phone. I believe it made it easier for our generation to connect. And I'm not here to, to make a play on, you know, because whether this be a boomer thing or a Gen yeah. X thing, but I really believe that today, if we can go back into schools and really coach and nurture and help bring the empathetic skill side alongside of this, mm -hmm. I think it just begs for deeper relationships and better conversations straight across the generational platforms. Oh, it's a game changer because you know, when you study empathy, it doesn't mean that I agree with you. In fact, I could I could be on the opposite side of you. However, if I can state, and this is cognitive empathy, if I can state what you're thinking or feeling, doesn't mean I agree with it, but I can state it. Yeah. That point, that's when you connect with people. That's often when you diffuse them. But, but again, it's a thinking skill because if I'm sitting there and Daryl and I are posed on whatever the topic is, 
Well, I have to sit there and think, and then I have to watch the emotion of judgment going, Daryl, I can't even, I cannot believe Daryl's taking that side. (laughs) Right. And so, but if I sit there and go, however, what is Daryl's perspective? And if I can say it and with a true, you know, desire to understand his, his perspective, you know what? Sometimes you actually learn it. Doesn't mean you always agree with it, but at least we can have a conversation. And so you're absolutely right, Larry. Uh, In fact, I serve on a nonprofit board and they teach social and emotional intelligence skills to junior high. And so awesome. And yeah, and part of it is so we can create future leaders that can have Mm -hmm. civil discourse. They can agree, you know, disagree, but at some point agree and move forward. Mm -hmm. So glad you brought that up. So powerful. Well, as we wrap up, um, we have a lot of sales leaders listening um, to this show as well in the audience. Sales leaders. I know there's a whole book on this as well, folks, sales leadership and emotional intelligence. But I mean, in the few minutes we have left, Colleen, what would you say to today's sales leader to encourage them? Because it is a tough gig. It always has been, but I think it's tougher to be a sales leader now than it's ever been. Well, they've certainly gone through the perfect storm, correct? You know, Mm -hmm. we, uh, with COVID, there was the, uh, you know, demonstrating empathy and then coming out of COVID, I had to start coaching a lot of leaders on assertiveness because you know what, it's time to get back. So it's Mm -hmm. empathy and assertiveness. Now you've got the great resignation going on. So a couple of things I would um, encourage sales leaders to take a look at. It's never it's never just soft skills or just hard skills. It's the combination of both. That mm-hmm. gives you 100% of the skills. So depending on the coaching conversation, I would always say empathy first, advice second. I would say empathy first, assertiveness second. Because often when we're having these conversations around empathy, the mistake is people misunderstand, well, does this mean I let somebody off the hook? Absolutely not. I am probably someone that demands more out of myself and other people. However, what I've learned over the years is that they can't hear me. And that's what empathy is. If people Mm. can't hear you, then they can't hear your advice. They will not take your coaching. So I think it's um, combining a couple of those skills. And then the last one I would say is, you know, emotion management, because you're going to have a coaching call. Well-intended. You set it up the perfect way. And Larry, I'm going to pick on you this time. That's all good. Yeah. And Your then, turn, Larry. Larry. Yeah, Daryl oh, picks you know, on me I, enough, so it's all good. Yeah. So, well, if I had a better territory, if our pricing was better, if I had more support, if the other departments weren't straight, <laughs> should I go down the list? Of why we, and so here you are as a sales manager. You showed up. I'm going I'm to help you, Larry. You can get emotionally triggered. And so all of your great coaching skills take an exit mm-hmm. and you start fighting for the need to be right rather than get it right. So if you can really work on the three E's, self-awareness, emotion management, empathy, but also no empathy is often accompanied by assertiveness. Uh, I think you're going to get a lot more traction with uh, having a successful sales team and, you know, in a, a productive, healthy sales culture, people you like to work with. Oh, I, I love this stuff. It reminds me, this is an old mentor. It goes back decades and decades and decades ago. I remember I transitioned into sales management for one year and it was an experience. Let me tell you, and I'll <laughs> leave it at that because we don't have enough time to peel it back. But I remember as plain as day what this person said, and it's still, I use it all the time, iron fist, velvet glove. Empathy assertiveness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Iron fist, velvet glove. And I just, thanks for sharing that. I, I really appreciate hanging out with you, Colleen. Well, thank you for having me as your guest. Wonderful. And it's it's just so great, the work you're doing. And I love the community you're bringing. And remember, community, that's how you get smarter. 
it's also how you remain happier. And yes, like I said, if somebody can't figure out how to quantify the cost of soft skills, well, I just ask them this. Have you ever hung around a miserable person all day? <laughs> I'm sorry. That on the profit and loss statement, you know, they bring everybody down in the company. Nobody wants to be around them. They dread the meetings with them. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of ways we could quantify this if we were having a conversation just around dollars. Well, that's, yeah, absolutely. Boy, right there. If you could add that up. Wow. Yeah. Well, Colleen, thank you so much. Uh, in addition to grabbing these two wonderful resources I'm holding up here, Emotional Intelligence for Sales Success and Emotional Intelligence for Sales Leadership, how else can uh, people get more of you in their life? Uh, you know, go to our website, uh, salesleadershipdevelopment.com. Like uh, both of you, we have lots of free resources there. So there's podcasts, there's eBooks. We have a uh, uh, some quizzes you can take for uh, Emotional Intelligence for Salespeople. Emotional intelligence for sales leaders. So take advantage of those resources. We also have a weekly blog that we put out. So sign up for that and you get two minutes of me a week. Awesome. Oh, awesome. Nice. Thank you so much for sharing time with us. This has been fantastic. We appreciate Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Oh, awesome. Wonderful. Larry, uh, I think there's awesome. a lot here to unpack. And, uh, you know, this, this issue, I loved, I loved how we were talking about bringing together it's not just the hard skills, it's not just the soft skills, but it's being able to integrate those two to drive uh, results. And this goes back to success and satisfaction, you know, financial results, fulfillment, however you want to frame it. Um, it's a both and moment right now to be able to pull these two together. It, it just goes, you know, it goes back to, we always talk about the alignment of head mm -hmm. and heart. Mm -hmm. and, and what's what's really interesting, and I just have to go there just for a second, is, you know, the old saying is what's forever old is forever new. These mm -hmm. were things that the most successful people a hundred years ago were speaking about. And that, that's, that's right. what I re that's what I really love. There's there's no secret. There's no secret to sales success. It's, it's the alignment of head and heart. It's the marrying of the soft skills with what we were speaking about with Colleen today. I dare say authentic relationship plus meaningful value. So, so, so much good stuff here. Hey, thank you everybody for joining us and a special shout out to everybody who is liking or leaving reviews. I don't know if you know this or not. You may listen um, on the radio on Apple podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever, but selling from the heart podcast is also on YouTube. And uh, it is so much fun seeing the interaction. I challenge you to go there. We'll put the link uh, it's on our website in the show notes. So just look for Selling from the Heart on YouTube. And while you're there, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button uh, because the more that happens, the more we're able to spread this movement of authenticity that is much needed in the sales profession. Larry, great guests are coming up oh, this summer. Absolutely. You want to subscribe and make sure to make Selling from the Heart a part of your summer. It's going to be incredible. No, abs absolutely. And if this resonates with you, share the message, share what selling from the heart means to you and help us grow this movement. Yeah. Thanks again to everybody in the selling from the heart insiders group. And if you're not in the insiders group, you'll want to be, trust me, come join us for free selling from the heart.net slash free dash pass That's selling from the heart.net slash free dash pass. And you get a free pass to our next up close and personal till next time. Keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, grow in emotional intelligence, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. 
If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.